0: See the path to the championship. I can see it. Coca Cola 600 belongs to Ryan Blaney. Blaney's learned how to win over the last couple of months. Blaney, they
1: been behind him. It's going to be Blaney.
0: We're going to win this thing. Ryan Blaney is going to win his way into the championship. Board. You have to run a perfect race to, to get it. Ryan Blaney is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. What an unbelievable year! What an unbelievable playoffs for us. This is the Team Blaney podcast.
1: Welcome, everyone, to episode 131 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. This podcast is brought to you by Fans for Fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media back in 2014. Each weekly episode of the show offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and special guest interviews all throughout the year. This week, we break down Team 12's run in the season-opening Daytona 500 at Daytona International Speedway. Steve, welcome back. It's time to kick off a new season for the NASCAR Cup Series. Officially, I know we've been on, had some interviews. We talked about the clash. We did a preview of the season, but now this is what I'll call our first, you know, bread-and-butter episode of the team Blaney podcast. So if this is your first time tuning in, this is kind of what we give you week to week all throughout the year with interviews and other special things sprinkled in and uh, why not kick everything off with the biggest race of the year, the Daytona 500.
0: Yep. And you planned on going and what ends up happening?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it was rain. I, I won't even say rain of biblical proportions because these weren't like massive downpours. It was just consistent, just regular rain for more than 48 hours. It just yeah. never stopped. And um, so, well, it did stop briefly, I guess, because they did get NASCAR uh, Xfinity Series qualifying in on Saturday at one point. But prior to that, and then after that, especially after Xfinity qualifying ended, it did not stop raining until About 1030 a.m. on Monday morning, just in time for them to postpone the Xfinity series race one more time (laughs) to after the Daytona 500. But I tell you what, um, when those skies cleared in Daytona, Florida, the sun came out and it did not go away until it went down Sunday night. And I, they got that track dry super fast, and they're ready for all those festivities. The only thing that was still wet was the infield, which I can tell you from some of our waterlogged shoes from walking around in there during pre-race activities. But um, it was exciting. Exciting to be back at the track again, starting a new season. Um, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, Speed Week, and especially how you know things progressed and how things were delayed and um, I'm sure it was, it was kind of weird for a couple of days, not really having too much racing to do when you're so pumped up for everything to kick off this year, but, um, good experience overall, man, I tell you what, uh, the crowd at Daytona, I know it helped that it was a Monday and it was a federal holiday that you know, not everybody, but a lot of people have off huge crowd still showed up to watch this race on a Monday.
0: Yeah. It's, a um, you know, good deal that they, uh, that the sun, the sun came out really to help dry the track too in the afternoon there. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, the crowd looked pretty good size. The best part was the rock stuck around for Monday, you know, which is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. That the, usually these, these things, they do a ceremonial thing, uh, you know, on a rain out, they'll do the ceremony or whatever. They'll have them in there. They'll do a press conference thing. And then boom, Monday they're gone, you know, but, uh, uh, the fact that he stuck around, they, they kind of like actually did some regular ceremonies, uh, on Monday, uh, because of it. And he, he did a nice job, uh, uh, yelling uh, to start the engines
1: yeah and he's all over the place right now you know he he just has that he had that tv show on nbc he's made a huge return i know there's there's some crossover here a huge return to wrestling where he's a board member now at the wwe and has inserted himself right back into the storyline so he's big there he has the us or the uf what is it now usfl no, uh U-F-L. Where- ufl where the the two leagues uh the two leagues have merged and that's kicking off now too so he's been all over the place with that um and then nascar like you said it was awesome i mean i've been to uh, somebody actually mentioned it that this was the third daytona 500 to be delayed completely to a monday and you know who's been in all three of those (laughs) this guy (laughs) 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 It is not that kind of amazing wow. but you're right every single time most of the time you know what they pitbull was supposed to do the concert he couldn't come back but he's coming back in 2025 dj collin uh was another person i can't remember if he was supposed to be the the starter, or if he was supposed to, no, not. That, I think The Rock was the starter. I won't, if he's supposed to drive the pace car or something like that. But, you know, he had to leave. I think the national anthem singer had to leave. So, but The Rock stuck around and he, like all weekend, was posting about how excited he was going to be, he was happy to post that he was staying until Monday, you know. And he's got a ton of reach on social media between everything that he does and being a movie star. So, um, a lot of the media, I think, on hand was impressed, you know, and uh, he was prepared too. I don't know if he just had great handlers working with him to get him prepared for the questions they were going to ask, but he had some really cool stuff to talk about with Denny Hamlin and on um, wearing the black hat and kind of being the heel since that's a big part of, you know, the world he grew up in with wrestling too. So that was really cool that, you know, he was up on everything enough to know that, you know, Denny Hamlin's kind of that guy and could maybe give him a little bit of advice. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So what do you think? I mean, you know, it was an interesting, we have a lot to talk about just because the way the Daytona 500 week progresses, because we have qualifying, we have the duels, plenty to talk about in both of those things. Mm -hmm. And then we have the race itself and um, definitely some highs, definitely some lows, but this is the first time in a points race that this new version of team 12 is put together. And most of that I'm talking about the new spotter combination with Tim Fito and Ryan, uh, a couple new crew members on the road this year. And this was their first kind of test that counts (laughs) points on the line, a victory on the line. And uh, they want to start the season with some good momentum,
0: you know, except for what ends up happening to them. uh, Everything else they did was actually really good. They did a great job of executing a lot of different things. Uh, The team itself did a great job. And and, then, you know, spotter, the new spotter, eh, you know, he did a great job, too. They they were both times when the, these things happened uh, to them, they were running uh, fourth or fifth and making their move to the front. Now, one happens with about 15 laps to go, and the other one happens with nine laps to go. So maybe what happened was a little unnecessary as far as what part of the race it was in. Um, but um, otherwise, they executed a lot of great things, you know, as we're going to find out here.
1: So let's do it. Let's jump into our recap of uh, the the 12 teams run and the season opening Daytona 500, but speed week overall, because so much to talk about.
0: Yeah, we go back to Wednesday, actually, because they go out and do a single lap qualifying on Wednesday. He goes out 27th um, and uh, the Logano actually gets the pole and the 34 is the other car in the front row. And then the the rest of the qualifying just qualifies you for what race you're going to be in, you know, even number and odd number. And uh, so uh, Ryan ends up in duel number two. Uh, So, you know, he's also in that duel with the two and the 21. So that's great because you're going to have teammates to race with. You know, Worth
1: noting that, you know, as you mentioned, the Fords are fast. The Chevys were kind of middle of the road. The Toyotas were nowhere to be found, but it's worth pointing out again that, that's not no, that's normal for them. They don't usually yeah. come to Daytona and sit on the pole. So, but this, they did break up, you know, this Alex Bowman, six straight Daytona 500 front row starts and, you know, Hendrick motorsports always getting the pole. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember back in the, the days when it used to be the Roush or the Yates cars, they used to sit on the pole at Daytona up until Hendrick started kind of taking that position. So it was interesting to seeing uh, an all Ford front row. I was a little—I don't know if concerned was the right thing because I know how the racing works here. But it was just odd that you know Joey's up there, the two cars up there, McDowell with front row, which worth mentioning again that they have a, an alliance with Team Penske now this year we're all fast in that single car run, but Ryan's kind of back there in 27th, but I wasn't worried because like you said, if you're not on the front row, this is just setting you up in which duel you're going
0: to be in. You know, but um, if we learned anything from last year, <laughs> qualifying anymore really doesn't matter to the to team 12. Um, they're really, really looking at how the car is going to work the, the rest of the weekend. And uh, definitely with the, with super speed racing, you know, the, the ground can be made up and, you know, how good Ryan is at doing it too. So, um, we get to Thursday, uh duel number two here. And Ryan talks about the, uh, doing the unk- okie dokie on the front row. That's where the, instead of the sitter of, of the race, starting on the inside, he starts on the outside. Cause he has that choice on the initial start of the race. Um, and, uh, Tim says, uh, to start the race, a smooth and straight. And, um, you know, 34 drops to the low lane at, at the start too to kind of like control that lane. And, uh, uh, the top five in that low low, uh, low lane are clear of the high lane as they push in, you know, four or five laps in. They kind of get lined up a little bit. And uh, but lap five, he's P10. Uh, the Chevys have all kind of bailed to the high lane. Uh, but at one point, we've got the two, the 21, the 14, and the 12, all Fords in the low lane altogether. Um, right, lap eight, running in that low lane, lap 10. Uh, the 24 is leading at this point. At lap fifteen, the sixteen actually takes the lead, and Ryan's all the way back to eighteenth. Now, this is going to be a recurring theme uh, in the the dual races and in the Daytona five hundred. Uh, Ryan doesn't want to lead a lot of laps if he can help it. At certain points and times, he wants to conserve fuel because if you come to car, come to pit road with eight cars, eight other cars, and let's say you're fifth or sixth of those eight cars going to pit road, but you have to take one second less less fuel than they do you could come out in front of all of them when you come back out on the track. So real big for track position here before they even pit to kind of like save some fuel ride with the pack a little bit. And the front runners are kind of trying to trying to bog down a little bit and do that also. So
1: we talked about that a uh, lot in our episode last season before recapping their win at Talladega when we had mm-hmm. gas man, Chris Conklin on because that was a big part of their victory there was saving fuel as much as he possibly could getting that splash on pit road and then kind of coming out in a really good position. So we have gone in depth about that, but you know, that's, that was kind of the theme of the weekend. And unfortunately, unless they make some sort of changes, um, that's going to be how this racing is going forward, but it is yeah. what it is.
0: At uh, lap uh, 17, Ryan goes to the high lane and the 34, 21, the two, the four are all back there with him. Um, And lap 22, I finally get the in-car camera. NASCAR's is having, you know, it's like first night jitters or something. I don't know. It took 20-some laps to get the in-car camera in the second dual race. They had them in the first dual race, no problem. Uh, I don't know what the heck they're doing, but we pay extra for this, so that's why I'm going to complain. Not, you know, I understand technical glitch once in a while. Um, at lap 25, the 23 car is leading and Ryan's back in 16th here. Um, lap 28, 23 is leading that low lane. The 78 is leading the high lane. Um, at lap thirty, Ryan says he can tighten it a, a half a number if they have had, actually have a chance to do something like that. Um, lap thirty-two, the high lane is moving is up to eleventh. At lap thirty-five, uh, it's still eleventh there. And like I said, they're kind of saving fuel here. I got that written down as just, you know question mark, but it's not a question mark. They they're saving fuel. That's kind of why they're just traveling where they're traveling. Um, at uh, lap thirty-eight, the seventy-eight kind of gets sucker hold. They got to get rid of them from the front to the back here. Um, And Jonathan says the 34 is probably working on a different program than they are, uh, that they're going to go longer. So communication now is about when the pit stops going to be, who's coming to pit road. Uh, They did not quite do that this weekend, all Fords, all Chevys, all Toyotas, like they wanted to. Um, It just kind of depended on fuel mileage more. And it depended on uh, being able to get to pit road. So, uh, at uh, lap 41, the, some of the Chevys and some of the Toyotas pit. At lap 42, um, the 2 was coming in, uh, but they stayed out. lap 43, they were pitting uh, the 21, the 10, the 6 came in with them. Oh, I'm sorry, the the 2 actually did come with them at that point. Um, and Jonathan says, 3 seconds worth of fuel. So this is where, uh, like I said, he comes in with those guys, but he leaves kind of in front of most of them, <laughs> you know, which is great. He comes out in front of the 6, the 21, and the 60. And uh, lap 44, as they're starting to come together, he's in that low lane up to 6th, and the thirty-four is leading, and Jonathan tells him go ahead and do what you need at this point, so they knew they got enough gas to go ahead and travel and and push. Um, We got the 45 pass in the 8, and then we get this whole melee here. Um, Like I said, I think there was 12 laps to go, or was it 15 laps to go? I'm 45, lap 45, so that's 15 laps to go, right? It was 60 laps. So, you know, they get this whole melee here with the push by the 24 getting pushed and they get pushed by the six. And I'm going to make an opinion here. Um, Popular, unpopular, I don't care. Um, First off, somebody couldn't handle the push. Uh, Secondly, why are we pushing in a turn with 15 to go? And uh, third, um, Brian had made a move underneath. And he had the lane, he had the momentum, he had made the move. So now all of a sudden, you tried to double block him a couple times. You're the one that's pulling up because of it. You've made a mistake. And now you're trying to pile in front of somebody, and hopefully they will push you correctly, and you're yeah. hoping for that. Um, so when Ryan does get right rear hooked here, um, we're going to just – I'm throwing it all at the 24. They, they could say that somebody pushed this guy into this guy into him, But the reality is, is he tried to block Ryan to begin with, couldn't do the block, lost momentum, and then tried to park himself in front of other guys, hoping that he would get pushed properly, hoping he would get pushed properly, so he didn't lose it, and he lost it. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I don't care, care you know, I don't care what happens uh, on Monday with him either, because we'll get to that one too, but yeah, you use car control, and then doing what you're doing with 15 laps to go in a dual race, you know, mind you, we're emotional because it affects our guy that we're following. But uh, uh, right away, uh, Tim, Tim asks him if he's okay. He says, I'm fine. He says, I got to get out of here. The car's on fire. fire. So the main thing that at that point is just getting him out of there. Tim's telling him, like, you know, that it's okay to get out because everything behind him has stopped crashing because uh, you don't want to try and get out of the car and somebody slides into you either um so uh yeah that was that was it from there um ryan i will
1: say i mean i think you're uh you're 100 correct on your opinion um there's a few th- things right you're right we are emotional in the moment and ryan himself post race we can yeah. talk about this this too is is also mm-hmm. very very upset but he took it he takes a huge hit you know it gets right rear hooked and directly into the wall and it, it almost seems like you know when they make that turn you can go towards the wall it's like a launch coaster like he just mm-hmm. barrels into it even faster than maybe the look the way they're traveling you know in the right direction um i initially in know, in our discord chat you know typed in before really seeing the replay type in you know like brad's first victim like right there because brad's involved in this um he does brad does run into the back of the eight who was off the gas and i think there's a video video replay of you know the fire coming out of the eights um, you know, the side of the eight there from letting off the gas, but that's because the eights trying not to destroy the 24 who just throws the massive block. And like you said, tries to sit in front of a bunch of guys that are coming full speed. So I can't blame the 20 or the six or the eight for that. I mean, it's the 24. So what Ryan has complained about even last year about guys double blocking or yeah. Um, it wasn't as extreme that what Ryan has said before about guys like, you know, blocking down three lanes, like you did about Chastain at Phoenix or something like that. This was different but yeah, the 24 is definitely juking back and forth realized he couldn't go back down to the low lane. Cause he left that hole for Ryan. And it was an unfortunate situation there with that car and, um, takes out a primary car that was super fast. I mean, this, this race it's classic Ryan Blaney, you know, can make it to the front when he needs to put himself in position in the closing laps. And, it's just, I don't want to say taken away, but you know, who knows? Cause I mean, 15 more laps, anything could have happened. He could have got anything shuffled out. It could have made some moves, but he did, just didn't get that opportunity because of this happening at that point in the race when it shouldn't have.
0: Yeah. The cycle of change had happened. Everybody had come back together and he, when he makes the move underneath, um, Byron and, and Pat was passing him, got past him. He was like fourth at that point, which from that point forward, you only got to get around one or two guys at the right lane, the right time, the right push, you know? So yeah, just, you know, um, it, I have the in-car camera at this point. They keep the in-car camera on, uh, watch them put it on the wrecker, watch them get it all the way back there to the haulers. Um, they take it, they put it next to, uh, the 22 hauler and, um, a bunch of different guys come up underneath and look underneath the hood. Uh, that's kind of cracked up and taking pictures. I don't know what they're They've seen how the engine crumpled. I think they were worried about, uh, you know, that impact that force, what happens with the engine? Does it come back in toward the driver at all? Um and they take the backup car was actually in the 22 hauler. So they actually start you can see that off to the side too from the camera. Um that they actually go ahead and get that down. It's all black at that point before they put the stickers on it. But um yeah that was kind of weird there to see all that. So you know uh, they do practice on um friday with the backup car which was nice and uh, when they do practice um uh they run just with the other fords uh six or seven of them at one point all the Penskys got together a couple of the other ones got together uh the front row guys because they're, they're that alliance um and they ran um well the times they show you on tv it's just because they're racing in a pack so uh they had a bunch of uh you know the guys at the top there were the, actually I think the Toyotas were, were at that point right um, in the practice or was
1: it yeah that? the toyota the toyotas themselves kind of set the next news cycle yeah. on fire yeah. because they're like, hey yeah. they didn't do well in qualifying, but they are two to three miles an hour faster than everybody else in practice so right. they became the storyline leading into the five hundred you know even all the way up to you know I attended the tweet up on what eventually becomes Monday morning. And that's what Bob and that's what Jeff and they're all kind of talking about. And there, a lot, most of them were predicting, you know, a Toyota to win the race because of the way they yeah. were in that practice. So
0: that practice and they won the duels. They both, they won both duels too. So, um, but, uh, actually the car shakes out pretty good. And from what, uh, when they do rain out the practice for Saturday, I guess they had interviewed Ryan at some point and he says, they weren't going to go out and practice Saturday at all. Um, that the backup car was, more than ready to go and you know that that these cars are almost exactly identical anyway um so we get to sunday and it uh, rains (laughs) and they didn't waste too much time i think they canceled it by what about nine or ten in the morning
1: yeah i think it was nine nine thirty on the dot and um mm -hmm. i will say that luckily we made some really great decisions to not drive over to the track on saturday for the xfinity race or sunday i mean we're only like about an hour a little over an hour due west of Daytona, so it wasn't going to be that big of a deal if we had to turn around, but mm-hmm. um spent two full days without racing, just watching the rain <laughs> the rain go by um yeah. but i'm I'm very thankful for what they did on Sunday because we did we did get up early and we were going to leave, but I saw the radar and I'm like ah oh, let's just wait, wait and wait and wait. I don't want to get there and just get wet and be there all day because we've done that plenty of times, but yeah, I think it was nine thirty a m eastern time when all the alerts started going out that they're going to postpone to Monday. And I think that gave a lot of people an opportunity to make travel changes if they could have the next day off and stay. And I even heard some stories and I think they talked about it on the teardown too, anecdotally of some people that came to Daytona on Monday that weren't planning on going to the 500 because suddenly tickets were more affordable on because uh, it's one of the most expensive races of the year to go to more affordable on the second hand market. And um, some people booked some quick flights and got down here to, to watch. You know, what turns out to be a, a great race overall, and I'm sure a memorable experience for them. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we get to Sunday, uh, Ryan, or Monday now, and Ryan is going to be starting 32nd with the backup car. But uh, stage wasn't worried. Six,
1: not even worried yeah, a little bit about
0: that. Not even that. worried. Uh, stages of 65, 130, and 200. Eight sets of tires. A fuel window of 42 to 45. Could be a little longer if we save fuel better. Um, to the rear, the 12, the 8, the 24, the 10, the 31, um, and the 36, uh, which uh, the 10s, Gregson and Hemrick in the 31, Gralla in the 36. i got to get used to some uh, new guys with new numbers this year. <laughs> uh 15 uh, between the 1 and the 51, which Chastain and Haley. Uh, and then we have scanner issues to start the race it takes nascar a while to get. i was gonna scanner. say
1: that was the app right i did see a lot of chatter on social media that it just the app but what the clash what we had to we had the wrong channel we had the wrong to, channel <laughs> we had to start on somebody else's channel to actually hear yeah. ryan and then this did nothing right
0: tuesday we don't have in car for for 20 laps and now we don't have the scanner for a little while um 22 actually took the outside for the start here um at lap two ryan's in 36 by lap five they're three wide uh the 6 car in that outside lane leading and Ryan joining the high lane and then we had a caution at lap 6 for the uh the 21 and the 77 and the 42 probably caused it uh, the 41 the 84 the 3 the 36 all involved uh, it looks like the 6 turned actually there was the 6 that turned uh the 42 um So that but, one I
1: can't that one I, I can put on Brad that's okay. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> This starts a, a series of events in the first stage. and really, really interesting because they're not sure. I call what it
1: chaotic.
0: Time. Yeah. Not <laughs> it sure such what a weird here. stage. Um, by lap eight, um, we have the scanner on. And finally, you know, which is good because I need to know what the heck's going to happen here. They're, doing, they're debating on getting fuel and then they stay out. And I thought, oh, this is great. This gives him a lot of track position. Seems like at the point they're pitting, everybody's going to have to pit one more time in the stage. Um, it'll be a matter of, is there another crash? Cause if there's another crash somewhere along the line, they'll all just pit at that point and he'll gain that track position. You know, um, the, um, the only other two other cars stayed out with him. Uh, it was like the 60 and the two and, um, oh, I'm sorry, was it, was, it the 20 and the, 60? yes, the 20, so yep. it was 20, 20. it was a 20 and the 60. Yeah. So, um, it was P2, he chose the inside lane. And uh, restart lap 12 here. Uh Everyone, I said, everyone will need to pit one more time before the end of the stage, which is funny because, uh you know, at lap 15, they're either first or second. They're racing both lanes at uh, lap 26. The in-car camera, of the or the in-car audio of the five, they play it on, on TV. And they say, oh, if we if we keep running like this, we might be able to make it.
1: Yeah, because I even think on the radio, I was listening to the MRN broadcast, and they were mentioning – you know, there's chatter throughout the field saying, like, are are is the 12 and the 20 holding this field up? Because they're trying to save as much as they can out front. Mm-hmm. So they just said, like, the pace was off big time, mm-hmm. which, you know, we needed that to conserve that fuel, but it also could have been beneficial for the rest of the field, and I think that's what you're kind of going to talk about next.
0: Yeah, what the, um, what's happening now is that, like, there was somebody with a single car that was, like, way back, and he was gaining on the pack, which almost never happens. That means that's how slow they were running the pack. And, um, at lap 30, um, we had lost the scanner. We got the scanner back at lap 30. <laughs> uh, Jonathan tells them go harder, make everybody use fuel. So at this point they realized what was happening and they're like, let's just push everybody. So to make sure everybody's got at least pit one more time here before the end of the stage here.
1: That was cool um, to see because they, um, that turned into like a six or seven car breakaway. Like all of a sudden you, you could see, they just turned the jets on and they flew away. And then the rest of the packs had, to, they were forced to catch up really.
0: Yeah the 20, the 12, the 31, the 22, actually, the four cars that really start to get it going here. Then um, at lap 35, those top five kind of get single file here. Um, then we kind of get bum- bundled back up by lap 37, and Ryan's actually covering both lanes. The 22's pushing him. The two is up there with them. It's it's wonderful. We're all back where we should be all together, you know. At um, lap 38, uh, Tim wants me to go bottom, and the 20's pushing. At lap 40, they pit. Now, he actually gets teammates to come with him, the 2 and the 22 that come with, and there might have been one more car in there. The problem with this is Ryan needs four seconds of fuel to make the end of the stage, and these guys need less. So uh, when, um, when we leave Pitt Road, we can't wait for anybody, and they can't wait for anybody, and they get ahead of him to a point where, they're too far, and Ryan asks, Can they like drag a little bit so he can get to them? And they says they're risking stage points, they can't do it because they don't want to Wrong. risk stage points. Which, <laughs> which totally in their head, I don't know, maybe they're thinking they were gonna merge in with everybody else at some point, but it's not really working that way. So he's in 32nd at this point, and it was the two, the 22, the 17, and the six actually were that group in front of him. Um, the lap 47, um. Jonathan tells him the teams, you know, that it should pit by lap fifty-four, and uh, Tim relaying the message um, says the four car in front of him needs to get gas, uh, needs less gas. So you know, at lap fifty, the pack is coming. At lap fifty-one, Ryan joins the pack, but he's thirty-third, a lap down, and he's two positions behind the lucky dog, which would be the twenty and thirty-first. And at lap fifty-five, everyone else is starting to pit now. Uh, so lap 57, he's still in 33rd here. Uh lap 59, the 10, the 38, and the four all pit, and they're back, but he's back on the lead lap now because those guys finally pitted. Um so the 60's leading at this point. Um but lap 65, the nine wins the stage. Ryan finishes 32nd. Um and Ryan says he needs like a, a number one uh turn uh if they can do that on this pit stop. Now <clears throat> The only I didn't look up all the pit times on the on the NASCAR app, and the reason I didn't is because there's no need to, okay, yeah. because um, three seconds of fuel, four seconds of fuel, that's the crew chief counting it down. They're going to execute that perfectly because they're the only guy jumping over the wall. Um, when they do come in on the stage brakes, it's four tires, and they're waiting on gas. So it doesn't matter. You're going to come out whenever you're going to come out based on, it takes you longer to fill your tank than somebody else. There's nothing you can do about it. You've got to pack it as tight as you can so that later on you might only have to take less gas, you know. So um, I didn't keep track of that. You guys can go ahead and look that up if you want and go crazy on it, but it really doesn't matter if it was a 14 second stop, a 12 second stop. It needed to be a 14 second stop. It was nothing to do with uh, how the tires were changed. Um, Ryan and Jonathan are talking about making a, a little more clear of the plan here because that's what happened there that kind of got jumbled up and um what jonathan said is it's just too fluid um you know what they did compared to what other people did it just kind of changed everything i think they were hoping a couple more cars would have came with them maybe or stayed out with them maybe and then the pitting uh the way it went with the pitting it just didn't you know it didn't they couldn't save enough gas obviously to make that fuel only stop shorter so Um, i will
1: say that whole sequence it was weird because there there there's points that were cool like when they stayed out and they're leading the pack and it's always cool to see ryan lead you know a race at daytona he's done it so frequently in his career so that was like the cool part and then but then this this whole pit stop everything starts happening and you know i was frustrated with the teammates because i kind of agreed with, and I know we disagreed just slightly on that. I'm like, you know, I'm watching them come off pit road. He was not that far behind. Like if they just slowed, just even on pit exit, not even when they got to the track, onto the track, I'm like, they could have slowed down slightly to let him catch up after they got past, you know, the the line where you're speeding and everything would have been a little bit better, but in the end, it doesn't matter. None of them got stage points. He, even if they did get back together as a full pack there of teammates, they still weren't going to get stage points. So the good thing was the stage ends. He's back on the lead lap. And I think I immediately said to you like, all right, new race, a new race starts now. And that's pretty much how things went going forward. I will say this this chaos with these pit stops and, you know, it it was weird because, you know, there there's points when like Fords and Chevys are pitting together and it just seemed like everybody across the board, like you said, it was a fluid situation. Like the strategies were so all over the place that this was like one of the first Daytona races in a long time that I didn't see, like was very regimented and, the manufacturers stuck together and they knew what they were going to do. There was a plan. It just seemed like the first half of the race specifically was really chaotic. And I will say it helped the racing be a little bit more interesting in that first stage, because it was a little, there was a point, you know, 20 laps in where I was like, this is, you know, a little bit boring and they weren't like riding around single file, like old, you know, boring Daytona races would be because now they almost never run single file anymore. They're usually at least two because of the fuel saving but there's no one was making moves. There was, it wasn't until the strategy plays came in that, you know, there's different packs all over the track and who's going to, you know, who's going to catch who, who's going to be a lap down. Is there going to be a caution that's going to trap some of these guys um, laps down? Who's going to get the lucky dog? So um, at least it made that, made that interesting, but there is definitely high points and low points all within one stage at Daytona.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they do pit uh, 32nd, come out 28. So they gained four spots and other people taking fuel. Um, the tw- or I'm sorry, uh, they end up 24th for the restart because there were some penalties in there. Um, restart lap 71, the five is leading and um, Jonathan tells him go as much as you can but save fuel when you when you're stuck when you feel stuck. So if he wants me to go head up uh, you know into the pack a little bit if he can but you know if you kind of like someplace you can't get to, go ahead and save fuel. Uh, <laughs> early on there's three wide middle at lap 72. Uh, I hear top of three, and they're three by three. Uh, so lap seventy four, top lane starting to move up to seventh. Uh, at lap seventy eight, the twenty two is leading that high lane, and the top eight are cleared of the second lane. So that's kind of good because you don't feel the danger of that second lane hitting you. You know,
1: I think I said at that point, like you know, this is where Ryan's. And I know some of it's fuel save and some of the people that are on the outside lane often aren't, they're trying to make it to the front, but you know, he dices through the field here from that 24th starting position on that restart and goes all the way, you know, straight into the top 10. And I'm like, again, 10. this is why you don't need to be worried about it. When it comes to Ryan Blaney, he can, even in this next gen era, go from the back to the front without too much of a problem, just because of the skill set that he has. So that was cool to see, maybe feel a little bit better for uh, the rest of the race.
0: Yeah, lap 83, the lower lane coming up a bit, uh, led by the 38, but Ryan's P8. Uh, lap 87, uh, <laughs> the Tim, Tim says the two car would like, uh, like it to work his way up there, and Ryan just kind of laughs. I don't think there's any possible way. The way they were running, they were just too tight first off. Uh, secondly, I think it was something in reference to what happened at the end of uh, the pit cycle uh, in stage one where he couldn't catch up with those guys and they wouldn't wait for him, so um, but Ryan's up to tenth at this point. At lap ninety one, uh, uh, Jonathan is uh, about twenty till the pit stop, so they, they're kind of noting, notifying, like it stays green here. How we're going to do it? Um, at lap ninety five, both lanes are still pretty equal. He's up to thirteenth here. At lap ninety nine, uh, Jonathan's trying to put together a plan to not pit with the fifty one because they pit in front of the you know, the 51, so they don't want to have to come around the 51. Uh, the 38 is leading in a high lane. The 19 is leading the low lane here. Ryan's up to 14th at uh, lap 103. He says, we're either going to have to come around the 51 under green or pit with others. Uh, Ryan just kind of wants to know what what should we do. Um, and at lap 104, Johnson says, uh, you know, five away, same plan as carved ahead of us, the 41. So now let's pay attention to the 41 in front of us were um, we in are we earlier or later side of pitting and John says actually we're kind of in the middle um, still in the high lane here and um, you know 107 Tim Selznick will stay out at lap 109 uh, the 41 is coming in at lap 11 but at lap 111 he couldn't get down the 8 was in the way um, they couldn't get, get a hole here um, at lap 113 the 9 does let Ryan in actually and he pits with that group um, and he will have to come around. And at lap 115, they're pitting, and they come out right behind the five and the nine. So this actually works out pretty good for him. Uh, this is a great
1: cycle. Honestly, I think yeah, I made a joke. Yeah. I was like, let's just pit with the Hendrick cars every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, will work yeah. out okay. Uh, lap 117, he covers the high lane. He's being pushed by the eight. He's all the way up to fourth. And at lap 118, we get um, uh, pushing the two now. We're you know, pushing the two. And tells he tells him, tell Austin to stop lifting. It's hurting both of us. Um, so Austin's trying to drag to make sure he gets his push. But Brian's like, I'll give you your push. Just keep going, you know. Uh, they're three wide in the middle here at lap 121. Um, first seven rows are two by two at that point. Brian is in the low lane pushing the two. They're somewhere between third and fourth. It kind of goes back and forth here. The eight's leading the high lane. Lap 125, the two gets ahead and he tries to cover both lanes but then the 20 makes a new low lane now all of a sudden they're three wide and lap 130 ryan makes the move on the two car and wins stage two um you know he just just something about running right behind somebody and then he gets to the last lap and just makes his move makes the push makes him you know whatever he's got to do to get around him and he gets around him um so yeah, classic
1: rhyme, classic ryan blaney move there for sure uh the racing there i mean this is where you know i said i think i mentioned a couple times that i thought this was a pretty great daytona 500 overall outside of like what i described as boring racing in the the first part of the first stage but this sequence after that pit stop all the way to the end you know two lanes three lanes p- people were actually actually making moves and then capped off by this you know fantastic move by Ryan in the 12 car to get past his teammate. And I'm sure there's, there's plenty of Blaney fans. I mean, again, we know, Joey Austin, you know, they they all work together pretty well. Uh, But there are times when we feel like they're, they're not always, you know, you know, first to help Ryan when he needs it. So the way Austin's been in a, in a couple of dual races and, uh, in some other situations, uh, that Daytona 500 a couple of years ago, it was nice to see him shake the two car and steal that stage win. And, mm-hmm. uh, more importantly, you know, first playoff point of the season scored in That's the good. first race of the season. So let's start stockpiling those yeah. uh, in mass if possible.
0: Yeah. Let's spin some stages, right. Um, four tires, uh, going on the Jack waiting for the thing to be fueled here. There's about 30 cars on the lead lap at this point. Uh, There, uh, you know what they go in first and come out second. So not too bad there. You know, once again, everybody's doing the same thing. They have to take fuel. Um,
1: one, one thing I mentioned that I noticed, you know, I had a pretty good view of Ryan's pit box during this race and the one car on these, you know, stage break cautions when the full field's coming down, the one really hung his rear rear out. And I think it's part of it's because he was coming around Ryan most of the time to get into his box, mm -hmm. but he was pitting shallow in the box and um the, with the rear just hanging out and every time ryan really had to maneuver out and around him and it was yeah. unfortunate uh, that that had to happen and, so but again i think that and, met, that might be the reason why he came out second there but this, it really did, didn't matter that much so
0: this and that, that's again that's something when we talked to ryan uh skip flores uh you know on that uh, podcast that uh, he brought up there's hidden hidden things on pit road sometimes that cost you time that has nothing to do with pit crew or you know or or how you put the car and that could be, right? He could have had to slide out around him a little bit, took an extra half a second, and the two cars, the car that beat him off pit road. So, you know, somebody who pitted right behind him. So, time wise, that's all it takes sometimes, you know. So, on this restart here, the two's taking the high lane. Ryan uh, follows him in the high lane here to push him. Uh, the restart lap 136 and the 23 is the car leading the low lane. Um, lap 137 were three wide. Uh, the two and the 12 are trying to cover both lanes, they're covering the high lane. Uh, lap 139 the 23 takes um tries blocking all the lanes they're three wide it's pretty dicey here um ryan stays with the high lane and it's this is the point where he starts to go backward a little bit now we're back to like 15th in that high lane and then uh you know lap 141 the 16 is leading lap 144 we're back to 21st
1: so i asked you this, this question is- i said was this a bailout and you, you had, you had a good explanation for it, but it did, the racing up front was getting a little dicey for this point in the race. So I think twofold, it was good for him to start moving back for whether it was that or other, other circumstances, but because I, again, I said earlier in the race, you could see, he could go from the back to the front whenever he wanted to. Um, so I was saying, no matter what the call is here and why they're moving back, I'm okay with it because I want him out of that chaos for sure.
0: Yeah. Here's what it really comes down to. And it's the same thing we've been talking about. It's fuel saving mode. Um, they get, you know, lap 147, he's 27th. At lap 155, he's 29th. Okay. And you're watching the in car camera, and it's like, is he close enough? Is he with guys? You're watching the timing and scoring. It's like, boy, he's over two seconds behind the lead at this point. You know, is he still with the pack? You look up on the regular TV feed, and yeah, they're still at the back of that pack. But lap 157, here's the communication that lets you know what they're doing. Ryan says, let me know when the windows is coming up so that I can make up the ground. So he knows that he physically can make up the ground with the car he has. And he knows that he wants to get closer to everybody once it's time to pit. And basically he's been saving fuel this whole time. So when he does pit, he doesn't have to be in there as long as other guys. Um, so at lap 161, they go ahead and say, go ahead to start doing that. We're three wide, we're staying low. Um, I think we're staying low on purpose here, even if we oh, don't get yeah. a lot of positions, you know, because we're gonna go ahead and get down there where we can pit. Uh, Lap 169, Tim says the first wave will be within 10 10 laps to pit here. Um, He says at lap 173, Johnson says um, five laps till the Toyotas, and we're going to be going a little bit longer. Uh, Lap 176, Tim says the 15 is pitting two rows in front of you, so be careful of that. At 178, the pitting begins. 179, we get a bunch of Toyotas. We're up to 11th now. At lap 180, we're pitting. Uh, three seconds of fuel so here we go this is three seconds of fuel Um, and uh, we get out back out uh, with the 14 pushing the 22 the 6 and the 60 right ahead of us here at lap 184 when they start to come together here we're ninth you know we went from the back of the pack to ninth the ones leading at this point at lap 185 the 22 is leading the high lane it's getting a little dicey now lap 187 uh we're you know, top of three, the ones trying to cover all three lanes. And at lap 189, we got to push from the 19, top of three, uh, up to six. Now we're, you know, we've pushed ourselves ahead. We're in uh, around a bunch of guys now. Now we're in that first row or two of guys. We're all the way up to six. Then at lap 191, nine, 191, nine to go. We get this thing with the 24 getting pushed by the 48. Not being able able to handle the push because if you watch this replay and watch it over and over again, real speed, slow it down, whatever you want to do, there's no excuses. This push was pretty square. Even though it was in the turn, it was pretty square. And he just gets squirrely and hooks a left, and there's no reason to hook a left because there's nobody in front of him. So it's not like the push was so much that he needed to find room to go somewhere. He had room to go somewhere. Ryan, on the other hand, is on the outside, up above, asked those two guys at that point and he goes left he he right rears the six car this time instead of ryan shooting that six car all the way across the track right into ryan and ending what who knows you know, like you said you don't know what's going to be the finish you don't know if this other caution happens later or not doesn't happen later on but boy oh boy when you know when ryan can get to the front during these type of things uh you know that he can do something with it once he's there. So. yeah, you know, they brought it to the pits. It was leaking water out of it, uh, so they shut it off right away once they got to the pits. And uh, ends up being a 30th place finish uh, with that. And uh, there's one more. You know, after a restart, and uh, I put the seven car audio and visual on also from the, for the ending, and uh, watching that, <laughs> yeah, you know, the two and the seven banging yeah. into in the banging into the one, and and causing that caution. Uh, basically they got to the, uh, the white flag lap. So there was no, uh, no overtime and then the 24 wins. Yay.
1: That's what I said. I like, I thought overall the racing was great. You know, they didn't tear up a ton of cars until right at the end. Um, this was the race went super fast. I thought, you know, like it's, it's just seemed like before I knew it, it was already lap 99. We're always already almost getting to halfway. And, um, Everything was going smooth. Uh, There's a little bit of chaos with some pit stop stuff. But you saw Ryan go from the back to the front multiple times. He finally puts himself in position. You need to be in those first two or three rows to really have a shot at the win. In the closing laps, we were getting there. Um, I was feeling pretty good about things. But you just never know what's going to happen. And um, the crowd, I th- you know, the crowd wasn't sure, too. So there wasn't, I think we were kind of robbed of that moment of someone crossing the finish line at the checker and Mm -hmm. people, even if you're not a fan of William Byron, still being excited about, you know, seeing a dramatic finish or something like that, but it was just kind of, nobody knew what was going on, you know, you know, was the caution thrown before the, uh, before the white flag, was it thrown after who's the winner? Um, they did seem to announce relatively quickly that the 24 had indeed won. So, um, your your reaction? Yay, yeah, that's fine. You know, looking at the <laughs> yeah. Jeff Gluck poll earlier today, I think the it oh, was in the yeah. the high seventies or something. I'm not sure where it ended out ended up at the toward the end of the day, but I'm like, yeah, that's about right. I feel like if we got like an actual finish that didn't end under those circumstances, it probably would have been a little bit higher. Um, but you know, I mean, I will say, you know, we we say that the 24 can't handle a push. I will point out. You know, this is his second win at Daytona. I think he's got two wins on the new configuration at Atlanta. You know, he knows what he's doing on super speedways, too. I don't I won't say he's an elite talent on them just yet because some things fell his way in some of those races. Like, but um, he's not an elite, you know, super speedway driver like Ryan, in my opinion. But, you know, he's good enough to put himself in position to. He just has caused a couple of unfortunate what, incidents, uh, especially what, this week specifically.
0: what is it about guys, especially at super speedways, who cause the accident but don't end up in the accident? You know, um that now Ryan Ryan did it last year at Talladega, the first Talladega with with Bubba and the triple block, you know. And you know, he's spinning guys out and so forth. But what is it? You know, it's better to be the guy, I guess, causing it than the guy in it. Right. I guess, I guess that's part of it. Yeah. You can control, you can control where you're going. Cause if you look at an in-car camera of what happened, he just shoots by everybody as it happens, you know, this guy, I know we'll just watch him go by and then we'll just keep going, you know? So that's the part that's frustrating. And then you get interviews afterward with guys like uh, Bowman who are like, Oh, what happened? Oh, I didn't know. Did I do that? Yeah. You know, (laughs) did I do that? Was that me? You know, it's like, what am I looking at? What am I listening to here? So when you hear guys saying stuff like that, you know, Ryan was like a lot different than his Thursday night interview, which was nice. Uh, for the people who were worried about Ryan, if you watch the interview, uh, you know, they kept showing on TV, they kept doing this thing on TV, oh, his wrist and look at him with his wrist. And uh, But then when he gets done with the interview, he grabs a huge bottle of the body armor water with his right hand and just drinks out of it. Doesn't wince, doesn't go, Oh, that hurts to do that. just, you know, so I don't think there's anything wrong with his wrist. I think more than anything else, he was surprised that he had it caught there for a second, uh, but he got it out of there before it would actually, you know, broke anything. So uh, I think he'll be more than ready to go this, uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah. And he got, I mean, he was checked and released from the care center pretty swiftly. So Um, but yeah, I did just see some traffic on social media while, you know, standing in the stand saying, oh, he might, he might be hurt. They're showing the end car and obviously you're going to be concerned, you know, you know, he's the second hard hit he took this week, uh, at that track. So it wasn't as nearly as hard as that one that he took in the dual race, which man, that was rough. You know, um, he took two, You took a similar shot in the, the summer race at Daytona last year too. So you just hate to see it Two Torn up race cars. Uh, that are out of the inventory, probably, at least for now, at the at Team Penske. So um, it's not going to affect their Atlanta cars at all, but it could affect some production down the line a little bit. But, you know, they're a big enough team, not too worried about it. Uh, unfortunate ending, you know, exciting racing. Once again, both races, Ryan puts himself in position, as he always does. And sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. It seems like, you know, I mean, he did win, you know, he did win the July or the summer race at Daytona a few years ago. So it's not like he doesn't win at Daytona. Um, something about Talladega though, you know, I mean, he's made it, you know, he, does, he has the three wins at Talladega, but you know, he's also crashed out there plenty of times and such. So you just, you just want to see at some point in your career, especially with him, you know, he's got this championship now he's won the Coca-Cola 600. Um, it'd be great That's, for him to pick up a Daytona 500. I think that yeah. that locks you for, you know, a hall of fame right there. If he yeah. gets one more puzzle piece like that. So
0: yeah, keep collecting um, the crowns, <clears> you know?
1: So, but that that's it, you know, uh, I mean, I can't even say, I don't know, <laughs> parts of the week were exciting. The rain kind of slowed things down. Thankfully, Mother Nature on Monday gave us a, be- ended up, what ended up being a beautiful day of racing. Uh, I joked to you, like, we didn't really mention the Xfinity race or the truck race too much. And I think that's intentional because, man, those were um, complete disasters, though. I did just see that um, the the truck race, they put its TV ratings out and had had its highest rating since 2021. So kudos to them i think a lot of that was uh just nascar fans getting excited to watch some Mm -hmm. racing and there's probably going to be a little bit of that netflix bump too which and i'm really interested to see what these monday ratings were and there's a few articles out there saying that there's a chance that this monday race because of the holiday could still have a monster number so we're, we're gonna have to see um maybe even when people are listening to this maybe the number's already out a preliminary figure or something but i'm hoping that they get some sort of momentum uh going forward and we're going to talk about Atlanta at some point but so far the <clears throat> the weather for Atlanta looks great unless yeah. things change over the next couple of days so maybe they can keep this momentum going get this netflix bump that, that hopefully is occurring and uh, keep moving the sport forward in a positive direction so um where does Ryan finish officially i don't even it's kind of funny like i, feel I had like him, I, I, him at, I don't even know um, i had him at
0: 30th i thought that's what i saw okay.
1: so Let's take a look at the point standings. It's worth noting that Ryan did pick up that stage victory, get those 10 bonus points and the uh, playoff point to go. So currently in the NASCAR Cup Series point standings, Ryan is in the 23rd position, 37 points back of the leader, which is going to be the winner of the Daytona 500, William Byron. So the top 10 in points as of now, Corey LaJoy in 10th, then Eric Jones in 9th, Kyle Busch in 8th, Kyle Larson 7th, John Hunter Nemechek in 6th, Bubba Wallace in fifth, uh, Chase Elliott fourth, Christopher Bell third, Alex Bowman second, William Byron again is leading the way. So extremely early in the season, only one race down. I mentioned to you, if we didn't get that stage win, we would be in a little bit more of a worse predicament here, but plenty of time, you know, 30 something more races to, uh, to turn things around here. I think, I think they're going to be okay. Um, things were, things aren't going to be okay though, Steve, involve the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. So why don't we go ahead and switch over to a recap of our week in fantasy racing. Um, I mentioned on this, this on the last show that the league is full up a hundred people are, are signed up for the league but i will note i was a little disappointed um only 80 about 80 people out of the 100 set lineups for this first race i gave that warning last week if you don't set a lineup in these first two races you're getting the boot because i have lots of people messaging me asking how they can get into the team blade NASCAR fantasy live league so Um, We're going to take a look at that after this race in Atlanta so anybody that has a zero points there because they haven't set lineups you're getting the boot and I'm hoping to open up some of those positions to get some other fans involved Um, because you want to get in there because you want to have those bragging rights to beat uh, an elite team like my team that finished 66th overall out of and that's 66 out of 80 because again i think around only around 80 people set lineups this week so that's how bad of a week i had and let's see why that happened i'm going to go through my starting lineup for daytona and these were all so when it comes to super speedways i'm I'm a little all over the place i pick people that you don't normally pick for a regular weekend Um, but i try to pick some guys that had success and some people that had some success in the dual races too um michael mcdowell former daytona 500 champion i picked him He got me a whopping one point, uh, Tyler Reddick picked him. He won one of the dual races, got me 14. Austin Sindrick got me 24 points. Eric Jones got me 29 points. He was my high point getter for me. Uh, Justin Haley, you know, who was up front at different points in this race, unfortunately only got me 11 points. And, uh, this was a mistake, you know, honestly watching the race, I wasn't even thinking about fantasy lineups and because I just knew how I wasn't going to bother changing anything because who knows what happens in that last stage left Kyle Bush in the garage and I left 37 points on the table because of that. So that's unfortunate. Um, I easily could have swapped Kyle Bush and Michael McDowell, who was um, sometimes on all eight cylinders, sometimes on seven. They said he has having mechanical and battery and alternator problems. If I was smart enough, I would have swapped those two and and Mm -hmm. gained myself 36 more points. That didn't happen featured matchups. I picked Joey Logano over Ty Gibbs. That was wrong. I picked McDowell over Stenhouse. That was wrong. I picked Reddick over Chastain. That was wrong. Only one of the ones I got right. Zane Smith over Josh Berry. I was one for four in the featured matchups. So I only ended up with um, 89 total points. Good enough for 66th in the league. How'd you fare in your first outing at fantasy racing in 2024?
0: I had the same picks as you did for the for the matchups. That's wild. I had the same same picks the same way you did. So I only got one out of those possible forty points. I only got ten out of them. I absolutely one
1: hundred percent picked Zane Smith over Josh yeah. Perry because Josh Williams is on the spotter stand for.
0: That's that's it. That's exactly why I did that <laughs> at too. a
1: super speedway.
0: Yeah, um, I had um, I had Ryan and I had Joey on the on the lineup. I had Denny Hamlin, Kozlowski, and Bubba Wallace all great super speedway guys. I had Christopher Bell in the garage, which once again, if I could have, but the thing is, you got to swap out before the uh, end of stage two to make any kind of swap. And all my guys had their problems in stage two, you know, Ryan, Joey, and Brad all being involved in the the melee there. Um, so uh, Bubba was actually my top point getter because he had a couple good stages. He finished eighth and seventh and then fifth overall in the race. So um, he was my top point guy at 39 points, but otherwise, yeah, not so good. Uh, well, wow, 54th overall with 97 points, so yeah, I got a lot of ground to make up already. Um, as you're going to read here in a second with the uh, top 10,
1: yeah, so you're still beating me again. I was 66, you're 54th. Let's take a look at our top 10, which actually starts with a tie for the ninth position with Ash Baby. That's a new name. And Stellinarius, our friend over there. 154, 150 points total, tied for ninth. Eighth, Pocono Lady with 153. Seventh is Montana 12 fan, 157. And six. we have Patrick Brown with 160. and a tie for fourth, we have Factory of Sadness Six, who dominated a lot of the season last year. And Pandamanda with 165 both of those are tied math mom four third with 166 joe lopez won 173 Uh, those are a lot of folks that did really well last season so not surprised that they're kicking off the year doing really well Uh, first position i think another new name here al 12 fan 182 points to lead the way in the overall standings of the team blaney nascar fantasy live league after the daytona 500 And, uh, we'll pick up with this again next week, but now it's time to talk about this upcoming race, the second super speedway style race in a row for the NASCAR cup series to kick off the 2024 season as the series heads to Atlanta motor speedway. I don't even want to say, can't really even say the newly reconfigured because we're, this is year three of this configuration where they've tried to turn it into a mini super speedway, Talladega, Daytona type track, um, Things are Friday night, there's some practice qualifying, or there's some qualifying, I should say, for the Xfinity and Truck Series, but Saturday, we have a double header day with the Xfinity and Truck Series, but 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, you have the NASCAR Cup Series, single lap qualifying on FS1, so if you want to tune in for that, you'll be able to see what the lineup will be for Sunday. 2 p.m. Eastern Time, you have the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, Freight 208 on FS1. 5 p.m. Eastern Time, you have the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Raptor King raptor king of tough 250 also on fs1 so if you're going to be at the track you have a full day of action on track starting at 11:30 a.m all the way till uh the green flag flies for the xfinity series at 5 p.m then on sunday february 25th 3 p.m eastern time the nascar cup C- series and better health 400 on fox so atlanta motor speedway Um, Pretty decent track for Ryan Blaney. I'll give you his overall stats at Atlanta. But again, starting in 2022, the track changed completely. Uh, So at Atlanta, is 11 starts, one win, four top fives, six top tens, no DNFs, and an average finish of 11.4. But if you want to look at these last four races on this configuration, 17th, 5th, 7th, and 9th. And uh, you pointed out to me earlier, Steve, as a reminder, that um, that ninth place finish actually came in the rain shortened race there in July of last year that, you know, had a pretty decent run going there, but didn't have the chance to uh, capitalize on actually finishing out that race. So um, he averages about a 9.5 finish on the new configuration at Atlanta. Obviously he's great uh, drafting track driver and um, I'm hoping that they can take some of the momentum that they had at Daytona, while they were on track, while they were leading laps, while they were running up front and uh, move that over to Atlanta this weekend.
0: So you're, you're going to the race, right?
1: I'm going right now. Like I said, the weather's clear. So don't blame me if it rains.
0: Right. And I'm thinking um, I got to make sure you have a Venmo because there might be some new merch this weekend.
1: That's true. Yeah. There's been a lot of people. They, they, they took a peek at that entry list. And what's the sponsor uh, for this weekend?
0: We've got Body Armor, Zero Sugar on the car this weekend.
1: Yeah, so that means a new new paint scheme.
0: New paint scheme coming coming at you. And uh, last year when they did this, they did it what two different times. Um, they had merch ready to go, so I'm uh, we're knocking on wood right here. But I'm thinking that it worked so well last year um, that uh, when they announced this paint scheme this week, uh, when they show it. Um, to the media or however they're going to do it or show them putting it in the hauler or however they're going to do it. um, Hurry up and get your hats and t-shirts. And uh, you know, if you're at the track, hopefully they'll have it at the track too. Actually I'll have to text somebody, uh, see if if it's going to be on that. (laughs) (laughs) I might be able, I might know somebody, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you're right. I know. I mean, Atlanta last year I walked away with a new, Body armor, sport water shirt, and die cast. And uh, they did the same thing for the Coca Cola 600 weekend. And I mean, I have to sit, think that was successful, you know, from being at at least the Atlanta race and I know you were down there for Coke 600 weekend mm-hmm. already you know, just from people buying at the track, there was already tons of people wearing the merch, wearing the hats, walking mm-hmm. around with the die casts. like uh, body armor, you know, you know, Ryan has uh, run a lot of great paint schemes over the years, you know, PPG and some other ones come to mind, but the body armor cars are always like the most innovative cars that he runs. They're always doing something cool. Uh, they have different product lines from the water to the, you know, the zero sugar now they have the the what the what's it called the one that has the caffeine I, I, in it
0: yeah the is um, the edge body armor edge, edge and then got, so the, and then they've got the iv ones now too which yep. are the, the pure replenishment types so yeah they've got all these different different types of products the zero sugar uh there's four flavors uh orange fruit punch uh cherry lime and lemon lime and um you know it's a zero sugar so you're looking at it there's no calories there Um, but a pretty good taste, uh, you know, for, for a zero sugar drink. Um, and, uh, why I love them. (laughs) I had one, I had one for dinner.
1: So I mentioned, you know, Atlanta motor speedway, I mentioned Ryan stats, but let's take a look at the drivers that have won the races on this new configuration since it debuted in March of 2022. And, um. Daytona 500 champion from this year, William Byron has picked up two of those wins. He won the inaugural race on the new configuration, and he won the summer race there in July of last year in between Chase Elliott and Joey Logano picked up those victories. Uh, We just talked about fantasy racing a little bit, so I think we can kind of merge both of those topics. You know, who, aside from Brian Blaney and probably William Byron, somebody you're going to want on your fantasy team, who else are you looking at this weekend that might make some noise?
0: Um, you know, Corey LaJoy has always looked good here since they've reconfigured the track and obviously he looked good this past weekend finishing fourth. So, um, Corey's, it was one that you're not going to pick every week, but this might be a week to have him, or you at least have him in the garage ready to go. Um, yeah, bubble Wallace again, started the year off really good and he's got momentum. So he's very, very good at this type of stuff. So what's interesting is it's super speedway racing. They do get bunched up, but it's a mile and a half, and it's not as wide as the other two super speedways. So you're probably not going to see three wide. It's going to be a little harder to do fuel-save mode, although I'm sure they'll try. And, um, yeah, it could be a couple different guys. Uh, really, really be interesting, once again, to see how it shakes out Ford versus Toyota versus you know Chevy uh, when it comes to drafting, too.
1: Listen to this top 10. Now, again, this was a rain-shortened race. That was kind of weird. Listen to this top 10 from July of last year. Uh, William Byron wins. Daniel Suarez in second. A.J. Allmendinger in third. Michael McDowell in fourth. Kyle Busch, fifth. Brad Keselowski, sixth. J.J. Yaley in seventh. Justin Haley in eighth. Blaney in ninth and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in tenth. So there's some drafting track guys in there, definitely with McDowell and Blaney and Keselowski, Haley, even in Stenhouse Jr. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple surprises that was, that were within what, that top ten.
0: What car was JJ driving?
1: He uh, was in the 15. Okay, uh, for Rick Ware. So
0: Rick Ware, um, that's really good. Yeah. That's a great great finish for them.
1: So really interesting top ten again. That rain that race was cut short. Um, uh, they just got 185 laps in, so but it was it's just an interesting thing to look at. So again, if you want to tune in for this this race weekend, uh, action kicks off on Saturday at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time for the NASCAR Cup Series when they have single lap qualifying on FS1, and then the main race 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, February 25th, the NASCAR Cup Series series and Better Health 400 on Fox. Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. Again, the first points-paying episode of 2024, so if you want to listen to us every week, that's a little bit of what you get. We try to give you as much kind of inside information that we can possibly get, but also just, you know, we're really paying attention to the fine details of the race, the nuances the strategies we try to explain some of that stuff to you especially when tv or radio doesn't give that to you because you might question why are they doing this why did they do that what happened with this stop why was it fast why was it slow um we try to be the guys that come in on a monday or tuesday in this case and uh wrap all of that up package it together and get it out to you so maybe you can understand a little bit more about what goes on with the 12 team from week to week. So, I want to thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.blaney. We also like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Ryan's official charitable organization benefits brain health causes like UPMC Sports Medicine and the Alzheimer's Association. To learn more, visit BlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, X, and Instagram. So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time on the Team Blaney Podcast.
0: Thank hey, Brussels. Good night up there in the Netherlands. Check us out on the TikTok. Well, Thanks, everybody, for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.